0: Hello friends, welcome. I'm Ruby, and today I have found some absolute gems. But before we get into that, I want to say thank you. Most of you don't know what I'm doing, or what you're about to listen to, and honestly, it's not exciting <laughs> no. Um, It's all things you've probably heard from me, or engaged in discourse yourself, so thank you for listening to my random talks into the universe. Okay, let's start. I'm going to start with um something basic that I don't need to look up, something some most of you probably haven't heard me talk about, and um something that is easy for me to go on for a while about. Um... So, I love writing. I always have loved writing. I think I can remember creating characters as young as, like, probably second grade. And I especially used characters and my creativity to escape um, when things got hard. And I can remember I created my own universe and relied a lot, very heavily, on these characters um, as my imaginary friends growing up because um I didn't have that many uh friends around, especially during the summer. I never sat down and fully flushed at a character until I was with Augie, um, who is my boyfriend, and I think that working out a character with him and seeing how his mind works with characters is so just truly and incredibly Eye opening. I did not realize how easy it was to genuinely not that I'm saying creating characters is easy, but genuinely to like break down and understand a character and how much more depth it gives a character rather than being able to just create something on the fly and just let that go and let that be what which whatever you wanted. And I'm not saying that's what I entirely did, because I definitely put a lot of thought into my characters when I was younger, but even more so now, I find myself spending hours and hours, um, thinking about what I want my characters to be like in their relationships and how I want things to develop and to the point where there is so much convoluted and I don't think that's a word, but, um, just messy thoughts that go into, um, my, characters and, and so much extra plot and extra detail that have been added and changed and switched around and just all tangled into one giant mess that I think honestly makes them feel more realistic, more 3D, um, and more human, for lack of a better word. Um, for starters, I have, um, characters that I've had since middle school, that are a group of high schoolers, though I've considered making them older recently, maybe it's because I'm uh, now out of high school that I'm like, maybe they should be older. Um, It follows uh, a young girl named Luna who faces a lot of pressure from her grandma to be um, her grandmother, who is raising her to be perfect in so many different ways, Um, and as she continuously... Doesn't live up to those expectations because they're extremely unrealistic. Um, she finds that her grandmother is less hard on her than expected, um, because of how she was when she was younger, and you face the family dynamic of um deteriorating health. Um, and then uh, there's a character named Sophia, who is her best friend and has been with her since she was in, um, middle school, and you also get to see this, um, dramatic contrast of, uh, Luna, who has a family that is, um, she has cousins close to her age who live with her, and a distant brother, and, um, a m- grandmother that's always breathing down her neck, whereas with Sophia, you see, uh, a more of a contrast pull away, where she doesn't have um, as much support. She mainly just has her aunt and her, her dad is kind of missing from the picture. Um, he, he is in contact. He works on, um, the pipelines, uh, the oil rigs in, um, Alaska, and her mom is, uh, hospitalized, so we don't see her a lot. Um, and then you meet Cora, who is from, uh, a super close-knit family, um, that are pretty accepting and loving and her her mom is like a good chef who like puts a lot of time and care into taking care of her family and you me um and they are very opening to luna and their friends as they um work through this dynamic um you also see theo who is cora's boyfriend who um is as the book progresses and the story progresses, you see hi- him and Luna glow, grow closer through um, this bond that they create over the fact that Theo feels like he's losing Cora, while Sophia feel or er, <laughs> Luna feels like she's grieving the loss of a love that she had for Sophia. And there's also the character Ren, who is um, non-binary, and they're um struggling with a lot of stuff at home that you don't see um on surface because it's told from Luna's point of view and Ren and Luna aren't that close but you see it through a perspective of being Theo's best friend from Luna's point of view and 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 Ren and Theo gradually becoming closer and whatever that blossoms, blossoms into and there is just so much it's like a coming of age story that um focuses so much on how family dynamics play into friend dynamics and ultimately create bonds not just within their friend group but within their family and out of their family you realize that like Sophia's best friends with luna but never really met her grandmother and it's just like it's so much about so much of it surfaces back to how family trauma and um, family dynamics end up affecting a friend group and this whole small found family kind of aspect as um, people change and grow and how a found family isn't always a permanent family but it is there to support you regardless Um, and I think that it's gonna turn into something really beautiful and I absolutely love these characters so much I mean I've had them for six years now which may not be um impressive to some people but for me it feels like a long time especially with how much my interests change um and I have written some for them but I don't have a full thing worked out I obviously know a lot about them um but if you ever do want to read it like feel free to let me know and I will fully send you um what I have written or a past version of what I have written, um, because there's so much more to it uh, that you don't even see with, like, Luna's cousins and her uh, family dynamics, it's, and I, I absolutely love the way that the, what I've written is turning out, and I'm quite proud of how it's going, honestly, um, another thing that I think is actually so epic, um, is the way my brain is finding inspiration in the things that I'm currently hyper fixating on um when it comes to writing which is so amazing for me because I feel like I have struggled so much with finding motivation and like facing these things um and using like hyper fixations to like egg me on to do what I want and the oh, the, the, the ideas that I'm having are just so amazing I, for a long time, have been focused on, or, um, hyper-fixated on, I don't know, my, um, with, uh, queer relationships, but specifically right now, I'm really into poly, um, polyamorous queer relationships, um, this is all sprung partially on me by Carl Napity, which is, um, a ship within the Dream S&P fandom, uh, of Carl Jacobs, Sapnap, and Quackity, they, um, were engaged and called the fiancés within the canon, um, roleplay, um, and I think that they are so just, everything about them is so just inspiring, and and I feel like I am very much drawn to, like, the opposites attract kind of, um, motif- within love duos um and ships and stuff and i think that it's so easy and clear to to see that within carl nappity as you see carl who is often portrayed as this colorful ray of sunshine happy go lucky um funny guy who isn't afraid to like poke fun here and there and and he tests boundaries but he seems so caring and understanding especially when it comes to quackity and sapnap And similarly, you see the contrast with Sapnap, who seems more brooding and more, um, less open about his emotions and and less into vulnerability, but so loyal and so understanding. This is, of course, um, pulling from their characters and also, um, the character they portray online, their online personas. Um, and then that, that is, is such a clear contrast, and I was drawn to that immediately upon. This relationship, and I can see the reflection of these two characters and so many other characters that I have, and relationships that I've hyper fixated on, like um, Kiribaku, a ship from um, My Hero Academia between Kirishima and Bakugo, where Kirishima is a uh, talkative kind of himbo who is um, funny and, and super strong, and he is super caring, he comes across like this um, ball of sunshine with, uh, a bit of a bro-dude attitude, he loves working out, he talks about, like, manly things, um, and Bakugo, who is angry and, um, very emotionally constipated and, um, doesn't really seem to know how to make friends, and he seems super under so much pressure, and, and you see these two become friends in the show, and it's so easy to want to pull them into more because, Of the dynamic of how Bakugo struggles to open up to people and struggles to meet, um, the societal expectations of what it is to maintain a friend and how Kirishima continuously reaches out and tries and tries and tries continuously and becomes one of his best friends regardless of the fact that he has other friends. He- canonically is friends with so much of class 1A and he continues to reach out and and reach for them regardless and you see the parallel between Bakugo and Sapnap and um Carl and Kirishima as Sapnap is quick to anger and and super competitive like Bakugo but they're also so driven and both of them are so smart similar to how Kirishima and Carl are both smart, but also also often underestimated in their abilities and in their smartness, um, and I think part of that goes back to the fact that Carl has neurodivergency, and Kirishima's character is coded like he has um, underlying um, neurodivergency, especially ADD. Um, but there, there's other ships that I see stuff so similarly with, um, you see it with, in that same fandom, um, Dinky, uh, Dinky Shen, is that right? Kami, Kami Shen? I think it's Kami Shen, um, which is Dinky Kaminari and Shinso from, um, the support program, um, becoming into Class 1A, and their dynamic is not as much interactive, there's not as much canon, Stuff with their personalities very much mirror that of these other two ships, where Dinky is high energy and um, very excitable. He uh, is seen as dumb and often played down. Um, He's one of the lower people in terms of class grades. He uh, is often portrayed as annoying and loud and and, uh, robust um, in terms of personality, but he is. Often, always trying to make a friend, which you see when he interacts with Shenzhou and calls him Ha and tells him that, um, he wants to be his friend, even though Shenzhou doesn't want to make friends, and he's coming across cold and, and very much focused on what is at hand, and he, he wants to be the best, and he wants to prove to people he is the best, and you see that same competitive drive with the, across all three of the characters of Sapnap and Bakugo, um, And this carries further into, when I was younger, too, you see with the same parallel with Lance and Keith, where Lance is this character that's portrayed as, um, a, he's uh, really good at what he does, um, in the, in the Voltron fandom, it's a show about, um, teens who become these heroes for the universe fighting against, uh, this evil alien race that's trying to take over the universe and you see lance who is homesick and comes from a big family um portrayed over and over again as kind of ditzy and a bit um dumb as he flirts with people and and overly portrays this personality of being a goofball and and trying to have fun all the time um and there's even a point an arc in the show where it talks about him being the 7th wheel of Voltron, how he doesn't feel like he fits, and, um, he ha- comes in contact with the the part where he feels like he doesn't have a role, and that same parallel can be held across all of these characters, Kaminari, um, Kirishima, uh, and, 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 and Carl, ultimately, where you see Carl struggle with, um, Remembering who he is and keeping a grasp of his character, the similar, like, reflex into Lance where he struggles with not remembering who he is, but feeling like he has a purpose and a persona within his group and, um, within Voltron itself. And you see Keith, who's this hot-headed, angry kid who's super competitive, always been the best at flying and thinks he's better than everyone to an extent, but is secretly carrying so much and so much intense underlying insecurity and overwhelmingness, but is such a loyal person, which you see through Bakugou and and, and Shenzhou not as much because his character isn't fully developed, and, and um Sapnap again and again. And I've been drawn to this parallel, like I said, over and over and over again, but um it was when I realized that quackity had been brought into this relationship that I took a step back, because... What else could you need? You got the opposites that work to balance each other out, you know? Um, but it's so easy to see where Quackity is needed in the Carl Nap relationship. He helps to make up for where the other lacks, where Sapnap can be too cold sometimes and and lack the ability to fully relate to Carl within. Carl's own mental illness and anxiety, you see Quackity make up for that, and and where Sapnap or and and where Carl falls short with being uh, so colorful and and emotionally aware, you can see how Sapnap relates to Quackity as Quackity holds some stuff in and tries to put on more of a front that he's happier and and stuff than Carl does, because Carl is so much more emotionally. Aware and and okay to an extent where um Quackity faces less of that and but you also see um throughout as they develop that and just in general even outside of the role play you see Carl and Qu- Carl Nappity as a friendship you see them balance each other in such brilliant ways where where Carl is able to egg on Sapnap and encourage Sapnap in a way that also enlightens and and highlights quackity like it's it's crazy the way that the three of them work together it's it's like a a thing you didn't even think about adding to an amazing already amazing dynamic and it honestly makes so much sense you see that quackity is this smooth talker and known to um portray such this dangerous character and how Sapnap helps to protect him and balance that out and be the strong person where Carl helps to, to ground him and, and show him that there's more to the world than just, like, than just what they see, it's, it's more than just him putting on a front and, and, and trying to portray this happiness, he doesn't have to be like that and and Carl shows him that and grounds him and in the the tender love that is shown between the three of them and and the way that Sapnap p- protects Carl and um, Quackity helps to show that you know it doesn't have to be all it, it, it it's okay to to let happiness come and and use the fake or front of happiness as a simple distraction, and that, when it comes down to it, the three of them have each other, no matter what, is, uh, and the support that comes from them, I say no matter what, no matter what in the context of the relationship, um, as a friendship more than anything, because the canon story definitely breaks the no matter what, regardless, it's like, (sighs) that they it it seems like their characters were made to make them love each other, like, the the, the universe was made for this to happen, and the way that they're able to work together, and and make up for where the other lacks, and balance each other out, without being jealous, and that kind of tenderness that they all share, is truly so beautiful, and, and just, simply amazing even if it's not real but i have um been looking into other poly ships because i am so fascinated and, and in love with this idea of carl Napity. i've seen some similar dynamics with um kiribaku kami which is kirishima bakugo and then kaminari who i had mentioned earlier kaminari has a similar reflection to carl but even more similarly is Carl or Kaminari's reflection on Quackity's character um, where they uh, both are very um, talkative people and loud and, and constantly want to make a joke out of things um, to ultimately hide some of those rough feelings and sometimes they feel overworked and underestimated simply because of the position they've been put in by society and because of how people automatically view them. And furthermore, people assume that they're dumb in some sort of way for whatever reason, which is simply not true. The character Quackity is based off real-life Quackity, and real-life Quackity, Alex is a literally going to get a law degree and is in law school. And and Kaminari is underestimated for so many different reasons, Um, and it's mainly because of his quirk. And I I love the parallel between how the three of them interact and how, or how they could. And you see canonly within um, Kiri Bakukami friendship that they, even though Bakugo comes across as annoyed that Kaminari's there, he often still allows him to come and thinks about him when there might be trouble and wants to help him and Kirishima both. And they all three work together as an amazing group and even though the show clearly favors um Kiribaku friendship it still enlightens the three of them and makes them truly feel like a trio which I think is so powerful within the show and community itself um but that plays into what I've been thinking about with my characters wow it comes full circle we're actually shocked we're shook um but that would be that I really wanna create um characters that are based off the idea of two I'm just trying to decide if I wanna go with the original idea of the two the opposite parallels or the opposite parallels or the um poly ship, which I think would be three or maybe more, but um people and how I would want that dynamic to play out, um, entirely, but the idea comes that at least there is the opposite, regardless. The sunshine, the colorful, the, um, versus the angry and the dark, and the, uh, emotionally constipated character, and how those two interact, and how they ultimately help to make each other better through grounding the colorful personality, and lightening the dark one, and, um, the this overall idea that the opposites attract, and that there are some people who I, who are shown over and over again, that no matter what happens, they are, um, meant to be together, and I think I'm gonna do this, um, by showing the same characters over and over again through the idea of, um, like, reincarnation, where they're being, like, reincarnated over and over again, and, throughout some of them they're can- they're keeping little pieces and little memories of their past love and their past life and uh how it slowly affects their character and builds into that they're changing for each other and changing into each other and how they be- grow to become such powerful and truly amazing people and um I think it goes further into the fact that um into um I think it could go further into how people always come back to each other regardless and I really like the idea that there are that there are people in your life who are going to affect you no matter the circumstance and no matter the situation and I'd like to show um a bit of like diversity as they're as they grow and change um and the the story I think would be mainly based around um non-binary uh, love male um and the queerness of their relationship to begin with um and I think I'd come back to that idea over and over and over again um with the purpose being that they the purpose being that they come back to each other regardless of the conditions in the universe um and how they pull them apart over and over again and i love the drawl of the colorful excitable personality to the drawl of the darker emotional or less emotional personality and in, in the in the f- intense in, in in the way that they aren't um they aren't open with their emotions and that they struggle to communicate what's going on and how they could truly help to balance and ground each other and overall, um, empower each other. Um, so ah, my brain. Okay. I'm back, and I have, um, straightened my brain out some. <laughs> so, basically what I was saying was that the, um, idea of doing, uh, characters in a universe where the, um, the characters are reincarnated over and over again, um, and brought back together to show that people are meant to be in people's- or a person is meant to be in another person's life over and over and over again and it impact them and infect them in different ways um, is something that is really interesting to me and I'm planning on making characters for that. I'm struggling with whether I want to do a poly relationship, which is the main thing that- um, the important part of this- Thought process that I'm working through here with the universe and you, um, and my friends, of course. (laughs) I think that the there has to be a balance between the characters, um, and difference is enough for them to clearly show what um I'm hoping to, and also I want the characters to resemble this, um idea um this trope of the light and the the sun and the moon is essentially what the trope is but i also don't want um yep mm -hmm. i don't want to copy these characters um and i do think that they'll be the main characters though most stories will also have a side characters um and it'll be a romance unlike the other book, which is a more coming-of-age book that focuses on moving on from somebody, um, as previously mentioned. The big thing is that I want, I do want the story to be queer and um, male love, male or non-binary, mari- non-binary love, male focused, um, mainly because I personally have experienced that kind of relationship and I want to write from a place of experience but also because I so (laughs) desperately crave that kind of representation in media and I think that um, writing characters that I want to see in other places is what makes the most sense especially when you see that uh, so many of these characters are overlooked even when other representation is being provided and I also think that it It could be an interesting idea to play around with some of the gender and some of the sexualities and um, explore that as they are reincarnated and how that interacts and plays into the idea of gender as a social construct along with the social construct of heteronormativity. Um, Yeah, uh, I do think that drawing my inspiration from characters is a good thing. But I worry about stepping into a line or over a line or into a section that is too much like a character. And you can clearly see the reflection of the character too much or the character dynamics too much into one another. And I think that um, the important thing is that I'm able to bring my own creative, creative spin to these characters and show what I want to portray and how I want to portray it in a way that is um, pleasing to me while still showing the audience and the the reader what I want to be portrayed. So while I talked about how um, creating characters has always been something I've done since I was young, I do not think that... Um, writing was always something that I thought that I would be able to do. For a long time, I in fact like pushed the idea out of my head because my brain thinks so vividly in pictures. Sometimes it's hard for me to get across what I'm trying to think and describe a scene the way I want it to be described without it feeling like way too much work. Um, But as I've gotten older, I've been able to push through some of that, what feels like too much work, and writing has become a lot easier to me in creative writing comes to me supernaturally. Um, but that was only within the last um, six years, probably, I would say, when I first made those characters. And I wasn't even sure I was going to write. I just knew that I wanted to create something. I wanted something there. Uh, because I had struggled in the past with writing so much and be able to, being able to get my thoughts out in a, a way that was eloquently... Um, worded enough that it made sense to me, I think that the idea of, um, I think the idea of, um, creative writing should be implemented more, uh, within, uh, the idea, uh, within our society as a whole, though I do think we are relatively doing, um, a good job. I do think that a lot of kids don't realize that it is actually something creative. It feels more to them like homework or like, um, a chore in some sort of way, when in reality it can be a way to harness, um, your creativity and stuff with a skill that that hopefully your school and educators are already providing to you readily and so it helps to release a lot of um unwanted and unwarranted emotions um but it goes further into that because i'm talking about creative writing through writing stories and and um creating characters and stuff like that whereas it is so um readily available for students to learn poetry and learn um how, and, and stuff like that and, and learning how to to write in poetry without it feeling like you have to follow a certain set rules or, um, it becoming a chore, um, because poetry is simply about the creativity and about the way, um, the writer and the reader are interpreting what is being given to them. And I only took up, um, poetry last year, I think, because, um, I was given an assignment oh no, yeah, yeah, last year, I was given an assignment for it in my senior year of high school, and I, uh, I really enjoyed writing, I let what I was writing flow very naturally, I used a book we had read as inspiration, I didn't follow many rules, I just wrote what I wanted to write, and it really has helped so much for me to process my emotions, and I think that so many kids don't realize that it's a how much of an outlet it is they see it as something that's like angsty or um something to somehow be looked down upon in some sort of way but you can write poetry simply for yourself and simply to help you there is all creative things do not have to be shared with the world or shared with anybody in a way you don't want them to be shared and if it's something that is helping you or could help you i think it's worth trying even if it feels like it could be a lot of work in some sort of way um and i think that there is so much that's looked down upon in literature being seen as a art and in a creative form that it often isn't interpreted the way it should be because of that and i think that that is so 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 important um and 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 poetry can take so many different forms one line could be poetry uh, and and it could be your emotions raw all emotions helping you to process it could be a good memory it could be just simply getting out what you want to say to the world and even if you don't ever present it to the world and for some people processing those bad emotions can be too much and it's okay to to write it down throw it away and never have to see it again like poetry and creative writing in general should help in those ways like it should never feel like what you're doing is a chore and I'm not saying that you shouldn't put in work to make your writing better or to be more educated on the topic you're wanting to write about um but I am saying that Using cre- creative writing as a tool to in to help your mental state and to release some sort of tension and to be used as an art form is such an important thing and such a a big part of why I love creative writing and why I want to be a literature teacher. Like I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm now going to read um one of the poems from a s- set of poems I'm working on called Um Goldfish. This is poem number two of the set and I'm not sure that it's ever been read by anyone except myself, um, that I can think of. Uh, and I'm not sure I've even showed it to anyone except myself. Um, yeah. <coughs> Sunflowers line the path facing the left towering. The brown, wet ground twists and turns, covered in dark, umber, dirty hands and knees. Small hands left the soil on their face. How long? The path seemed to never end, nor start. The child didn't remember... Starting to walk, only sunflowers, the mud between their toes, sun never seemed to move, the rays always in the same place, squinting hard. There's a tall tree with a twisting branch towering to the left. The path seems to turn with the tree, the brown covered their knees, surrounded by mud, dark umber wiped across their forehead. How long? The yellow never seemed to start, and no one remembered the end, no one was around, the kid was unsure of how much time had gone, still walking with nowhere to go, the weather never changed, the heat beating down unbearable. The cool thing about this um, poem and the set of poems, it's about memories, and um, my memories specifically, not necessarily, there are some that are my memories Um, but some of it is about how bad my memory can be versus how good it can be, um, because my memory is completely wild sometimes. Um, and this poem specifically, it, the first stanza is about, describes the situation and how the kid doesn't remember walking or starting to walk or, or how they got there or what was happening, um, at all. But the second stanza mirrors it identically, describes the same thing um, back to it in in different ways, like um, just using different words, um, line for line, and the and and it's hard to notice at first the way um, it describe the way the poem uses your senses and um describes the same situation more than once is used to mirror the idea that the child is or the narrator even is um re-describing the same thing because they don't they simply don't remember describing it to begin with um and it plays off the fact that i struggle so much with my own memory uh, to remember things and to even know where to begin to remember things yet at the same time i can describe in so much detail what it feels like to be in those situations and and to feel the things i'm feeling and um sometimes to remember things like i can i can describe certain things in so much detail yet at the same time i don't remember so many of the important specifics because I maybe i'm picking up on the wrong things i don't know i don't know why I'm going to read another poem, though. This is one of my oldest poems and one of the favorite ones that I've ever written. This was for the original um, project that I talked about. Um, I did my uh, project over mental illness. Um, this is called, this section uh, is body image and this is the fourth poem. So it's called Body Image 4. Imagine. A person laying in a field, short, fluffy hair spews in every direction. They're tall, lanky, and thin. Contentment rests upon their face, eyes closed, sun rays across them. Their hands rest across their bare stomach, long, thin fingers interlaced with each other. They wear a dark shirt that has risen up, shoulders seem small, with a flat chest. Dark pants that hang low on their square hips, their silhouette is soft and gentle lines in the grass. And how does that make you feel? Envious. Uh, this poem specifically plays into um, my body image issues along with uh, my um, gender dysphoria where I talk about longing for this kind of soft gentleness with a, a masking edge with a soft gentleness to it. Um, the flat chest, the square hips, long thin fingers being tall, I, um, I also love how I use emotion to help convey this envy that I so much long for, the contentment, um, and the, the restfulness of them laying in a field, um, and I think the idea behind the whole thing is that it doesn't seem necessarily at first like it's a uh negative thing you don't realize that this person is that the the narrator is um so upset with themselves about um what is happening uh like so, so upset with themselves about their body and about the way they feel they don't you don't real, recognize at first the the negative self-image and th- that's only brought to light with the feeling of envy um i and not to mention the the only thing you know about the the person that is having this conversation like how does that make you feel envious is that they're envious you don't know of what entirely and obviously this person is supposed to be me and and i'm envious of their flat chest the 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 square hips the um the contentment that they feel the The gentle lines with in the grass while still presenting in a relatively masculine way would just mean so much to me at all, um, let alone the let alone the masculinity and, and the gender euphoria that would come with the other stuff. All this to say that even though poetry can feel like a lot and can feel hard or um, cliche in some sort of way. It is so easy to put the words down and make it feel like a, make it mean so much for you. And even if you don't realize it, it can mean so much for your brain and being able to process some of the negative emotions that you're dealing with. I feel like I sound like a teacher right now. I don't mean to. Um, I think maybe I've been taking too many education courses. Um, yeah, I think that people underestimate the power of creative writing in general, and it means, oh my goodness, and it means so much to me, just generally Creative writing means so much to me. I think it's evident that um, creative writing means a lot to me. I mean, I want to be writing in general, but I want to be a literature teacher, um, an English teacher. And I'm sitting here talking about it when I don't have to, um, but because I enjoy to. Well, that is all the gems I've found for you today. I'm sure that it was rather boring, but... Here it is. Um, my parting words, I guess. <laughs> Lastly, um, you can find the podcast at Ruby with a capital R, Ruby, and one word underscore the gems on Twitter? Um, feel free to um, DM me there. Uh, also, I'll link um, any information that I look up or. Uh anything I discuss will probably be put in a Word document and linked there or screenshotted there. Um not that I have any this time, but in case I do. Um yeah. So last thing I wanna say to you is um good night my friends and thank you for joining my random talks with the universe.